Nedarim Daf Yodalad. We last started the second pack of Masechet Nedarim. We were talking about the vows that are not even really a vow because a person prohibited himself on something that is Asur. And we know that a vow cannot catch on to something that is Asur. It has to be Mutar. And the Mishnah started off with these are the following are Mutar without even Hatar Nedarim. And we said, if a person said, Cholin Shochalecha, whatever I'm going to eat from you is Cholin. Well, of course you're allowed to eat Cholin. There's no issue with it. And with that, we're going to start Yud Gimel Amudabet, four lines from the bottom where the Gemara is. And the Gemara starts off, It sounds like the reason why it's totally Mutar because he said Cholin. But if he said La Cholin, to whatever we're going to need from you is going to be to the holin. Mashma lo leholin neve means la leholin, meaning not for holin. It's going to be ela korban. Rather, it's going to be a korban. So whatever you feed me is not going to be holin. Rather, it's going to be like a korban. So mani matnitin. Who is the mishnah like? If you want to tell me ir be meir, then I have a problem because halet le miklal lavatashom ahen. He doesn't learn. Let's learn a positive from a negative. He, remember, he needs a tanai kaful. Whenever making a condition, you need to have the back and forth. And if you don't have the back and forth, he, remember, he learns this from Bene Gad Bene Ruven. If we go in front, then we'll get our land. If we don't go in front at war, then we're not going to get our land. He learns from there that you don't learn a negative from a positive, positive from a negative. Then over here, when you're saying, oh, whatever we're going to eat is not holding all, it's going to be a korban. So you're learning a positive from a negative. But we don't learn one thing from the other. Ve'ela, if you want to say it's Rabbi Yehuda, well, then we mentioned this already in the first Berak. That if a person says La Holin, he really means La Holin, and it means it's going to be a Korban. So why do you have to repeat yourself if it's Rabbi Yehuda? So the Gemara backs off and says, no, it's it's like, first of all, whatever we learned in the beginning, when a person says La Holin, you have to say it's like a Korban. No, no, don't learn any of that. Whatever we originally thought, throw that out. And there's no Hidush when we mentioned the word Holin. We know for sure it's mutar. So what's the reason we mentioned it there? Because I did the katanei Since we mentioned over there the case of a person vowing on that something is like pygmy to him or like avodah Therefore, we also throw in cholin, even though there's no chidush over there. Rabina, Rabina gives the different answers. This is what the Mishnah really wants to say. The following are mutar like cholin. Meaning, you don't need the hatarat hacham, you don't need anything. For example, the same way as the case of if a person says cholin shochal decha, which we learned that it's mutar, you don't need hatarat darim. The following also, and and they bring the examples kibsar hazir kavod kuchavim and so on. Now the gemara has a problem with Ravina. Ve'ilotana cholin, and if he didn't mention the word cholin, hava amina, I would have thought by sheila, I would have thought that if someone said kibsar hazir kavod kuchavim, I would need hatarat darim. Could you even think something like that? When the sefer said, When in the sefer, when someone says uh, to his wife that uh, you're like mom to me, we open him up. The, we open him up a uh, to try to get him to regret, but from a different uh, way. Meaning, Zafka, by the case with the guy who prohibits his wife on him over there, we're opening him up from a different place. We're trying to be Mahmir. Meaning, everywhere else, you don't even need a Hatan Darim. You don't even have to ask anything. Nothing has worked. Meaning, it's not even a problem. 
So if I never would have thought Basar Hazir and Avadak Chavim are even an issue, then there's no reason for me to throw in Hulin. Ela Mahvata, you have to explain like we explained before, Hulin, Mimela Nasbadat. Hulin, we just threw in, but for no real reason. There's no Hidush there. And the Gemara asks, How do we know that if someone vows trying to catch on to something that is Asur, it doesn't even stand, it doesn't catch on? Because Amar Kera, the Pasuk says, Ishki Yidor Neder Lahashem, it says Yidor Neder, double language, Achi Yidor Bidavar Hanadur. The Drasha is, you have to vow on something that is vowable. And not something that is Asur to you. So now, if that's the case, then even if it's something that is Asur, the vow should also be able to catch on and should count. Because the Pasuk says, it says, to prohibit something prohibited. So maybe I could learn it also that something that is prohibited, then the vow goes on it also. The Gemara says, no. I need that pasuk of the sorry suffer a different rasha like the following brayta. Ezo isar ha'amur ba Torah. What is an, uh, what is something that is asur that's written in the Torah? We're talking about a case where a person said, "I'm not going to eat meat, not drink wine." Like the day my father passed away, the day that my rabbi passed away, the day the Yabana Hikam passed away, the day I saw Yerushalayim and its destruction. And he's already uh, vowed uh, years ago about this day, or once upon a time he vowed about it. Then okay, then the vow stands. Why? Because it says, So it's coming to tell me that the vow stands on something like that also. And the Hidush is even a day like where it's coming to tell me that it would also count as an Deoraita also, the meaning the Deoraita would go on top of the Rabbanan. Next, we saw in the Mishnah, a person told his wife, You're like a mom to me. Uh, the, we said that's totally mutar, except uh, we're mahmir on him, and we're going to say he needs the hatar nedarim just to scare him off. So here's a brayta: If a person told his wife, "Hare at alai kibisar ima," you are to me like my mother's flesh, kibisar ahoti, or like my sister's flesh. Uchkilei akerem, or you're asur to me like kill aim in the vineyard. Lo amar klumi didn't say anything. It's not an issue. It sounds like it's not even an issue. Midrabanan. So that goes against our mishnah. So amar abayin now. However, he does need to do explains it. It depends. If it's a Tamid Hacham who made the vow on his wife, okay, they know the differences in languages, and he knows, okay, if he said his wife, he knew he said his mother, he didn't say anything because he's just trying to scare his wife. But Amaritz doesn't know the difference between this language and that language, so you have to scare him and tell him he needs a Hatanidarim. And the Gemara brings a proof to Rabbah. If someone swore by the Torah, he had a sefer in front of him and he said, uh, I'm swearing by this Torah over here that I'm not going to eat this bread. He didn't say anything. He wasn't uh, thinking of Hashem's name that's written in Torah. He was just thinking about the parchment. But Rabbi Yohanan said, even though he didn't say anything, he still needs Midrabanan at Darim. And the reason is because sometimes it actually does count. So how do you know yes or no? So we're machmir and he said you need a ha'atarat nedarim. V'amarav nachman, v'tamid hacham and otzerich she'elan. If it's tamid hacham, he doesn't need the ha'atarat nedarim because he knows he didn't say anything. He knows the exact languages. Now, the Gemara wants to get into that b'raita. We learn Tanya hanod derba Torah. If a person vowed on the Torah, he had a Torah in front of him. He vowed on it. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I, I swear by this Torah, I'm not doing anything. Lo'amar klum. He didn't say anything. 
However, if someone said b'mashikatuv ba, I swear by what's written in the Torah, devarav kamin, the swear stands. But if a person says, I swear in the Torah and what's written inside of it, then Devarav Kaimin, whatever he says, stands. Now the Gemara asks a question. It says, if a person said, whatever is written in the Torah, then uh, his swear stands. In it and what it's, uh, what's written inside of it. Do you even have to say that? So Amar of Nachman, Rav Nachman explains, La Kashya. Hadem hata or ra depends if the Torah is on the floor. Hadem akit la or depends if the Torah is in his hands. Meaning, again, we don't mean that it's on the floor. It could even mean on the table. Meaning, he's not holding it. Mahata if it's not in his hands, if it's on the floor, for example, then date agvile. Then his mindset is on the the parchment that that's the Torah is written on. Meaning, in order for him to swear on the actual words of the Torah, he has to be more spef- specific. Nakat if he's holding it in his hands, and he said, what's written in it, then his mindset, his mindset is on the Shemot of Hashem that's written in the Torah. And that's what he's thinking of swearing on, and therefore he just has to say what's ever written in it, and that's what he means. But if he's not holding it, he's talking about the parchment. Or you can explain, depends. The entire Brayta is talking about the Mahatara. The Torah is not in his hands, it's on the floor, so to speak. And the Hidush is that the Alpha of the Mahatara, even though it's not in his hands, it's on the floor. Since he said whatever is written on it, it works. It is a swear. And the Brayta is written in the form of. Uh, they, they tell you one thing, and we don't even have to say this thing. Meaning, for sure, this case would also have the same halakha. Or you could explain something totally else. That kula mitziata, the entire middle, and a lot of the rishonim, their goal is basefa. The end of the brayta, nami the nakit lebeyadeh. We're talking about a situation where he's actually holding it in his hands. Where kamash malan the hidu should be is kevan the nakit lebeyadeh. Once he's holding Torah in his hands, afagav de lo amar elaba. Even though he only said the word, I swear on it. It's as if he said what's written inside of it. So that's a big chidush. We're coming to say that the word ba, when he's holding it, means more than what he just uh, said. Next, Mishnah. A person made a vow that he's not going to sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm vowing I'm not going to speak. I'm not uh, going to walk. Or how the shah person tells his wife, I vow I'm not going to be with you. In all these cases, right then and there, he is over on He's over on going against his vow because all these cases, it's impossible not to do. And the Gemara is going to explain how exactly a neder works on these if they're actions. Usually, a neder goes on something; it has to be connected to something. A piece of bread, a korban, it can't be going on a physical action. So the Gemara starts itmar. I'm not, I vow not to sleep today if I'm going to sleep tomorrow. Meaning, if I don't sleep tomorrow, then I'm not a sure to sleep today. So, he's not allowed to sleep today because he might sleep tomorrow. says, let him sleep today. We're not worried that tomorrow he's going to sleep. A person will be careful not to sleep because he doesn't want to go against his neder. However, 
ומודה רב יהודה, רב יהודה גוויז, ואומר, קונם עיניי בשינה, he's vowing his eyes from sleep למחר עם אישן היום, he's vowing his eyes from sleep tomorrow, if he sleeps today, שאישן היום, he has to sleep today, because כי לא מזדהר בתנאה, he's not, because the average person is not going to be careful when it's just a condition, אבל באיסור מזדהר. When he says something is asur to me, I'm vowing this is asur, a person is more careful than if he makes a condition. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam, amen ve'amen.